Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 13 of the Season Gaming Bitcast. I'll be your host, Ainsley Bowden, joined by my cohort, Bert Sines, and we are on the eve of the Xbox One X launch. Uh, as we record this, the launch is but a few hours away here in the uh, United States, and uh, by the time you're listening to this, uh, it'll be out in the wild. So uh, we're going to be talking about that at length, talking about uh, some of our expectations, some of the things we've learned, the uh, enhanced titles that are already out and launching, and uh, you know, just kind of everything to go uh, along with the launch. Excuse me. But uh, first, we're going to get to um, some of the news, developer updates, and other things we usually like to cover. So uh, we'll kick right off with the news. And uh, actually, we're going to start with Paris Games Week, as we haven't talked about that yet since that was last week. And uh, Sony showed quite a few things. So along with uh, new trailers for some of their biggest titles, there were a few kind of um, announcements, including a big one from Sucker Punch. We haven't, you know, we've been waiting to see that announcement for a long time now. So. Bird, I know that uh, you were checking some of this stuff out last week, so uh, why don't we kick it off with what Sony was doing at Paris Games Week? Yeah, it was kind of a weird timing thing, just because we're both working during that time, and with the Paris time zone difference, uh, we had to kind of watch and do it in between meetings and everything else that we're going. So um, as we kind of expected, Sony did go huge as far as uh, showing us things that we were kind of hoping we would see. Uh, we didn't see Red Dead Redemption as we were kind of maybe in the back of our mind thinking we would do it, but we did finally see a lot more from Last of Us 2. So uh, we didn't get to see uh, Ellie and Joel in this one, but we did see some new characters um, through what seemed mainly like um, they were using the game's engine, but it wasn't exactly gameplay, so it was kind of nice to see. Uh, we also got to see more of God of War, so finally some real gameplay. This one was really short, though. If I'm not mistaken, it was like under three minutes, so we just saw a little bit of him and, as we think, is his son walking through there um, and killing some bad guys and a little bit of the storytelling and how they're going to tell the story between the two of them. Um, we also saw kind of more of Shadow of the Colossus, the, the remake that's coming from, from this whole story. So that was kind of really neat to see. We also got to see a little bit of what the PS4 Pro is going to be doing with this remake. And I was a big fan of the original, so it was really cool to see that. More of Spider-Man, so the big first-party title coming from them here in 2018, as well as other games that don't have uh, firm launches. But this one was one of the big E3 things for Sony. Um, and the other big one that we saw was Detroit. So I've been kind of on the fence with this one just because um, some of the other titles from this uh, developer I'm very hit and miss with, but it, it was actually really interesting. This one it got me a lot more than the E3 ones. So what were your thoughts on all the, the big first party stuff? Yeah, so as you can tell, um, or as everyone can tell by how you uh, kind of rattled all those off, obviously Sony brought out the trailers for a lot of their biggest upcoming titles. Um, I, I thought it was neat, I believe it or not, um, as big of a Last of Us fan as I am, I actually didn't watch the trailer. Uh, I've heard all about it because you can't really avoid it, so... Um, but I, I'm actually just going dark right from the outset with uh, Last of Us 2. So I'm, I'm just going to buy it when it comes out and play it blind. So um, the other ones were pretty good. I, I, I was never actually a huge Ico or Shadow of the Colossus fan. Um, I know that's probably a, a minority opinion there, but um, I'm hearing good things about the remake itself. Although some of the people who have played it have said that the controls haven't been updated and there's still some kind of funky camera issues. Uh, similar to The Last Guardian that we saw, but I think the game will be uh, probably excellent regardless. Um, Spider-Man, as you mentioned, is uh, you know a highly anticipated title. I think um, that and, and Detroit and God of War, right? We saw just more trailers, so I think that's great. But I think it was pretty clear to me, at least, that Sony was kind of uh, pushing all this right at the prime time, right? A week before Xbox One X launches to try and uh, kind of stifle that. Um, 
excitement as much as possible with some of their big name titles. Um, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get at least one release date. You know, we didn't see a single release date that I'm aware of, um, other than a couple of the indie titles that are coming late this year or early next. But, you know, still nothing. God of War, Spider-Man, Detroit. Um, Days Gone was a, uh, a no-show. And um, there's another title I'm forgetting, too, that uh, was a no-show. But, I mean, I know some of these titles were expected in early 2018. So I don't foresee how they're going to release in early 2018 if we still don't have a release date at the end of 2017. So we'll we'll see what comes of that. Yeah, and um, I'm, I'm definitely not going to ruin anything on Last of Us 2 um, for you. But, I mean, it was really cool. The one thing I will say that's not story-based or character-based that I won't ruin is it is crazy how well they've created the facial reactions of the character um, in either the heavy action moments from the trailer um, or even the slow stuff when you can see so much emotion from the character. So um, it, it's amazing, and I think people are excited and can't wait to see it. Um, I also think that the game you're thinking about was Death Stranding. Uh, we didn't see anything mm, from right. that per per uh, per typical from them, and this is what kind of Sony talked about. What is it? Um, two years ago or two E3s ago, I should say. So uh, I don't know. Um, I, like I always joke, it'd be funny to see a lot of these games that we're expecting in 2018 to be at another E3 for the third or even fourth year um, in a row as their showcase title. So either way, it was very interesting. Um, there's some other games I think that um, were kind of announcements with no gameplay, but. Um, what, what did you actually watch that you since you didn't see Last of Us 2? <laughs> yeah, so uh, speaking of Sucker Punch, uh, you know, um, known for the infamous series, and everyone's kind of been wondering what they've been doing for the last few years, and it turns out they've been working on a title called Ghosts of Tsushima, I believe it's pronounced, um, which looks pretty interesting. The trailer was gorgeous, um, looks to be open world, set in the 13th century, a whole samurai type um open world adventure or role-playing game. We don't obviously know the full details yet, and there was really no gameplay shown, just a beautiful trailer. But uh, that's really intriguing. I think a lot of people have been um, wanting a uh, samurai-based kind of open world game, you know, whether it was Assassin's Creed that maybe go down that route in the future or uh, some other, you know, title. I know uh, Jade Empire we talked about at length, right, being very fond of. So it'd be interesting to see what they do with it. Um, I don't know if it's going to go more down the role-playing game route or just a straight action route. But I thought that looked really cool. And then um, <clears throat> a few of the announcements, uh, Guacamelee 2. So Guacamelee, um, really well-reviewed game. I actually uh, beat it uh, near 100% of it, but I, I wasn't enthralled with it. It, it. it was good, but I didn't think it was as great as some other people did. Um, Spelunky 2 was a big, uh, you know, a big kind of fan hit when they showed that because Spelunky's got a nice uh, hardcore following. Um, I know you were excited about this one, and that's uh, Tennis World Tour. So uh, it didn't look too great, per se, but just the mere fact that we haven't had a good tennis game in years now is a shame. So I'm, I'm hoping it does turn out well, and um, you know we're able to play that one, maybe some uh, online multiplayer. And then uh, lastly, there was a game called Hong Kong Massacre, which looked really interesting. Um, it looked kind of like um, a top-down, overly violent shooter very dark um they didn't really show a whole lot of it so i don't know what to expect uh just yet but i thought it was intriguing yeah um, one thing to touch on about sucker punch so if you're not a big sony guy and you're and you're listening in sucker punch is the developer that's kind of known for the infamous series so i'm one of the of the i guess super minority people because every time i mention it i hear something from friends or something i didn't care for the infamous series too much um to the point that i haven't played second son um, I, I let it run through it. I downloaded it when it was a PSN Plus game. 
Um, so it's really weird, uh, or I shouldn't say weird, but it's, to me, it's kind of nice for them to move away from the Infamous series and create something new um, and be able to kind of see what they're doing. So this is a completely different uh, um, direction um, that they've been going from in the past, and I want to see more about this game. Yeah, the, the one you mentioned specifically about me was the Tennis World Tour. So I, I, I love the tennis games, going back to Virtua Tennis and Top Spin and everything, and we really haven't seen a, a true current-gen tennis game in any form whatsoever. Um, I think the closest we've gotten to a tennis game is the Nintendo, what is that, Mario Tennis, or something that came <laughs> out from the, the Wii U last generation, and that was kind of a poor game, and that's all we've really got from tennis. But, yeah, to your point, um, I don't think the graphics, as far as what we've seen so far, kind of line up to any of the um, sports games in any form, whether it's FIFA, Madden, uh, NHL, any of those um, sports games to any of the skin textures or facial reactions or anything, or even the movement of, of the overall human body didn't look very natural whatsoever in the tennis game. But I want to see more. I mean, I hope it's good. Um, I think we're looking forward to a new tennis game. I think a lot of people are, because those ones that I mentioned, Top Spin and Virgin Tennis, had huge followings. Um, but yeah, I can't, I'm excited either way. We'll see what happens with it. Yeah, I think you're you're forgetting the key one, and that is Connect Sports Rivals Tennis. I mean, obviously, that's that's the one that you should have been playing all these years. Wow, <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I obviously hope the same thing. I love Top Spin and Virtual Tennis, and it's been way too long since we've had a good tennis game. So I hope it uh, improves from what we saw so far. And then, um, you know, I didn't follow this too closely just because it doesn't really interest me too much. I'll, I'll fully admit. So I apologize for not having more info on some of these titles. But uh, that's around um, PlayStation VR. They did show some new things with VR. Um, they've just announced a new VR bundle with Skyrim. Go figure. The game we talk about all the time. Um, but I think, uh, you know, we have some of those things up on the site if you want to check them out. But in terms of actual details, uh, I'm a little lacking there. I don't know if, uh, I don't think you follow that stuff too closely either, unless uh, you can prove no, me wrong. Huh? No, the only thing I will <laughs> say about it that's interesting is it seemed like, I think, uh, one, probably one to one and a half years ago, it seemed like Sony had almost abandoned the VR um, thing that they were pushing. Because if you remember, right before it came out, it was a huge push to get it through. PS4 Pro comes out, and we're talking about how it's going to improve things, and we really didn't hear anything about VR until about E3. Um, and here we are again, and it's almost like Bethesda um, is leading the charge with uh, VR games. Um, and from what I had heard, the uh, games don't play that well in VR compared to the standard one. I mean, it looks cool, but it doesn't you know, control well. I'm more interested to see how that happens. Um, and even with Doom VR coming, I want to see how that does, because that game nauseous even without VR. I can't imagine it with VR. I've had friends that couldn't watch me play Doom when I was playing. So I'm interested in it. I, I hope that the technology improves over time um, and we'll see what other developers do and even other console makers do with VR. But at the moment, I don't think it's a, you know 100% ready for, for everyone. Yeah. All right. So uh, that was pretty much the so, uh, PlayStation showcase, excuse me. And um, other companies are there, obviously, at Paris Games Week. They're showing kind of things they've shown earlier in the year, but more for that uh, kind of Western Europe audience, European audience. And uh, But one thing that uh, came out on the Xbox side of things was uh, PUBG. So we've been talking about PUBG on Xbox One for a while now, and we finally got a release date and a, uh, some new info. So it's coming out December 12th. It will launch in the game preview, um, <clears throat> game preview kind of form, if you will where they're still going to be working on it over time. And just like on Steam or PC, it'll cost $29.99. So still a pretty good value there. Um, 
This is uh, going to support the Xbox One X, uh, but not directly at launch. It's going to have HDR at launch, but the 4K update and the uh, some of the nicer options for graphical fidelity won't come until early 2018, they said. Um, but the most interesting thing about this is uh, they are releasing a physical copy as well. So it's kind of strange that they're releasing a physical copy of a game, a game that's still in game preview or early access. But um, on the box for PUBG, it says Xbox One console exclusive, uh, just as it does on titles like uh, Super Lucky's Tale, Forza 7, um, you know, Gears of War 4, some of the, the later um, Xbox-only titles. So this has led to speculation that uh, just due to the partnership that uh, Blue Hole and the PUBG producer have had with Microsoft over the past few months, that Microsoft may have actually secured exclusivity uh, to um, PUBG on the Xbox platform. So not really a confirmation one way or another yet from Microsoft, but uh, that's what it looks like from uh, the outside looking in. So I know that um, you weren't hugely excited for PUBG, if I recall correctly, Bert, right? Yeah, I could go either way. Um, at the same time, you know, with how many people are in love with the game and on the, in the PC realm, um, I will give it a try and I'll probably pick it up uh, as a pre-release to where I can get that discount from Amazon or whoever else like a Best Buy is offering that. I'll give it a try. I mean, the $29.99 to get the game that everybody's in love with and is the most played game right now. I mean, why not? Uh, I'll give it a try. And even more if we're going to be playing it socially with, with friends. So I'll try it. Um, I think the console exclusivity thing that you mentioned is, is a very interesting thing in the sense to where it seems like Sony didn't get it. Um, but uh, I have not ever seen a box art um, with a timed exclusive, so I'm not sure how they would approach that. I remember uh, Tomb Raider, or was it Rise of the Tomb Raider, um, didn't have, I actually, now that I mentioned, I don't want to speak wrong here, I can't remember if it had any kind of stampage no, in the box. Did. It yeah, didn't. So. Uh, people have kind of gone and looked to see, and this is the only one they've seen where it says that. Um, the only titles that say it have never come to uh, Switch or PlayStation, so that's why it's interesting. Well, question for you on this one. Um, with the console-exclusive uh, moniker there, uh, was there anything mentioned at all about it being a Windows game as well, so, so you, you could play it on Windows as well as um, Xbox, or is it just a Steam download? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I haven't seen. They didn't mention Play Anywhere, and they didn't mention Windows. So, um, yeah, I don't really know. That'll be interesting, because it seems like it's a must-buy on Xbox One X at that point if you can get it for PC anyway. So if you play it on console and you're like, eh, this isn't good enough to my amazing, you know, $3,000 PC, and you still have it on PC, so you kind of get two for one. But um, I don't know. That'll be interesting since it's technically not officially a Microsoft Studio. Um, Bueller? Anything? <laughs> I, I have no idea. Yeah, um, it's it's weird. I don't know. I, it, it feels like Microsoft is, is going for a bigger relationship there, but um, I, until they officially announce something, we won't really know one way or another, so... All right, um, so let's move on from Paris Games Week then. Uh, so Blizzard, BlizzCon actually going on uh, this past weekend. And, uh, you know, Overwatch is a big focus for Blizzard right now, of course. And uh, so they've announced the next hero coming to the game in Moira. She's going to be a support character. And there's a trailer that you can kind of see anywhere, including our site, if you want to see what she looks like in action. And they also announced a new map coming uh, later this year and the test server in early 2018 for everyone. And... Um, what they're calling Blizzard World. So it's going to be a, a theme park uh, themed map that uh, takes, you know, all of the Blizzard entries or entities um, and kind of spreads them out over a theme park design. So it looked pretty interesting. But uh, Overwatch is continuing to kill it. Um, they're having their, um, you know, competitive kind of uh, um, 
man, struggling with words tonight. <laughs> They're having their competitive uh, series still ongoing right now, and it's got a huge audience and uh, just still tens of millions of people playing the game. So, um, you know, really no big surprise there. So uh, another game that millions are still playing in Destiny 2, and uh, we saw the trailer for their first expansion, which is going to be Curse of the Osiris. And what Bungie has shown here is a guardian that supposedly is, uh, you know, one of the most powerful of all time who was banished and uh, who needs to come back and help fight this uh, new threat, if you will. And they're kind of alluding to the fact that he could be either friend or foe. So it looks uh, relatively intriguing. Um, you know, I think both of us uh, kind of burn out on Destiny 2 really quickly, and I don't think we're alone in that. There's some of the data points that show that uh, the population has really dropped off of that game a lot faster than uh, I think was anticipated. Um, I don't know if that's simply because the you know, plethora of AAA games that we suddenly have uh, you know, over the past six weeks or so. Um, I know I'm playing a whole bunch of stuff, but uh, regardless, um, for the people who are uh, dedicated to Destiny, it looks pretty good. It definitely looks better than the first expansion that we saw for Destiny 1. Um, so we'll see what comes of that. Uh, continuing with kind of expansions for popular games, so Injustice 2 is still killing it. Um, we love the, the heck out of it. And, um, you know, we announced that Hellboy was coming. Uh, what was it several weeks ago now and just looks fantastic. He's definitely a fan favorite I know that I'm uh, really anticipating as you as are you if I recall correctly and yeah, uh, no, yeah I was just I was just gonna mention really quick. Yeah, we're both big Hellboy fans just um, not only in the comics, but also in the uh, In the in the movies. I mean you God, you have that nice Hellboy statue, too So um, yeah, we can't wait for this to happen and I, one of the things that's kind of confused me from a release schedule is the way NetherRealm kind of releases their pack, but the pack will release and then technically you don't get all three characters right away. You have to kind of wait month after month for the next one to come out. So I thought they were going to do Halloween originally, but no, they're not. So <laughs> can't wait. Yeah, so he comes out November 14th, so that's uh, next week. And then they also announced that we're going to get the first full trailer for uh, Hero Pack 3 on Friday. So Friday, November 10th. Um, so we'll see who's included in that. I think Adam, right, is one of the characters we know is coming, but I, I don't know uh, what the other couple will be, so we'll see. And then uh, just finishing up the news, and I figured we could comment on this quickly because we've had a lot of experience with it, and that is that, uh, you know, we didn't get to touch on this last week because we didn't record an episode, but uh, Connect is officially done manufacturing. So Microsoft has pulled the plug officially. Um, you know, I had a good run, a seven-year run. Well, I say good run and units sold, but... Uh, you know, we could probably talk at length about uh, the effect that Connect 2.0 had on the Xbox One launch and some of the things that went on. But, um, you know, despite some of the uh, issues and despite what, um, you know, it did to impact the Xbox One's reputation early on, I, uh, I still use my Connect. I have an Xbox One S. Obviously, I'm going to have a Scorpio in my hands here in a couple hours. Yeah. And um, I'm still going to be using the Connect adapter and uh, using my Connect. And funny enough, I've turned Cortana back on, and she's been awesome. Like, it actually works really quickly now and really uh, accurately. So um, it never really found its its uh, legs as a game platform. You know, there really weren't too many excellent experiences for gaming. But in terms of a multimedia usage device, uh, I still use it. And um, it's kind of a shame to see it go. But I think uh, Xbox is better off without it. So what about you? Yeah, I'm actually going to miss what uh, what kind of Connect could have been. Um, I still have my Connect. Unfortunately, the adapter did not work on my uh, Xbox uh, One S. I don't know why. I don't know if there was something wrong with the adapter. Maybe I didn't hook it up right or something, but it never worked properly, so I never got to use it. I can only use it on my OG uh, Xbox One, which is um, kind of unfortunate. But if you are a Connect owner still 
and you're looking for an amazing experience, you have to play FRU. Um, <laughs> that game is so much fun, um, especially obviously from a multiplayer standpoint. Um, and there's maybe one or two other games that are really good, but um, there's, I mean, I, funny enough, I still use it for Skype um, almost every other week to, to do some stuff with family. Um, and there's the quality's great on it. Um, I actually kind of abandoned the Cortana side of things because I wasn't happy with it last time. If it's as good as you're saying, Haynes, uh, I might give it another try. <laughs> but I've gotten so used to the controller gestures now and that I'm, I'm fine with the way it is. But it had some potential. It's just a shame that it just never took off. Yeah. Yeah. And, and funny enough, it still holds the Gittis record for the fastest selling uh, electronic device, the original Connect when it launched. Um, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But um, anyway, um, we'll close that out. We could talk uh, at length about Connect, but uh, no need to waste time on that tonight. So uh, let's go ahead and move on then. We've uh, got one big uh, kind of developer update that uh, <clears throat> happened over kind of uh, from Friday and over the weekend, and that is Perfect World. So they're a large publisher uh, in charge of several studios and uh, makers of uh, a whole wide range of games, but they are uh, really tightening things up, uh, sadly. So they uh, they shut down Motiga, and if you're not familiar with Motiga, they were working on the MOBA um, Gigantic. So this was uh, an originally announced as an Xbox One and Windows 10 kind of Play Anywhere exclusive title, and uh, it is out. It's been out for a little while now in full release. I've played it. I played it in the beta, and I've played it at length, and it's actually a pretty good game. Um, so it's kind of a shame um, that Motiga is shutting down. It's, it's faced some troubled development over the past few years. Um, so it doesn't really surprise me, especially with how competitive that market is. But, um, you know, it, it is a shame to see it go. And then, um, so just to be clear, Gigantic itself, the game will keep running for uh, the foreseeable future. There is going to be a team that continues to support the game and, and add new things to the game. But other than that, Motiga is shutting down. And then um, they're also shut down Runic games. So Runic, if you're not familiar with them, they made Torchlight 1 and 2 in the, the more recent game named Hob. Uh, so I'm not too familiar with Hob. I haven't played it, but Torchlight is uh, a great action role-playing game. Played the hell out of um, Torchlight 1 and 2. Always hoped for an Xbox One port of um, Torchlight 2, but sadly we never got it. Um, but they're shutting down, and all they said, uh, you know, they thanked their fans for the support, but they did mention a little thing at the end. He said, uh, the studio head said, look out uh, in the future for some Torchlight-related news. So I don't know if they're going to kind of move on to a different publisher or keep developing on some other Torchlight um, you know, game in the future, but we'll see what happens. But either way, sad news to see two studios shut down. Never like to see that, and I hope that the uh, developers and everyone working there can find other jobs quickly. Yeah, I'll, I'll just briefly touch on Torchlight. Um, I've played it a little bit. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's available on uh, Origin Access as their free games, so you can always uh, check it out there, and it's it's really fun, and I love the art style on it, and it had just a really cool kind of sucks you into the game, so it was really well done. So that's unfortunate, though. Always is when the studio is close. Yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, why don't we move on to uh, new releases? There's been a ton of them. Some really major ones since we last chatted. So, uh, Bird, do you want to kind of go through these? Um, yeah, I'll talk on? about them really quick. And and kind of the funny thing is, last was it last Tuesday? Last Tuesday was seemed like the biggest release window um, in in recent history of games, and even some some risks for some games that um, had to go up against the big one. And we'll kind of start out with that one. So, Mario Odyssey um, just released, um, and that released uh, last Tuesday. It's scoring a 97 on Open Critic right now, which is the highest on Open Critic of all time. I think the one before that is actually Zelda. So, um, kind of crazy that uh, that game is scoring so high. 
Uh, Wolfenstein um, is also just coming out as of last Tuesday, scoring really, really well, surprisingly. A lot of people are saying it's the best shooter out right now. It's scoring at an 87 mighty. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins, kind of taking that one year off break, uh, seems to have helped their scores pretty well. They're scoring an 83 strong. And with that being said, uh, we're both enjoying that one as well. Um, the one that's uh, kind of the big release uh, at the moment before the big competitor of Battlefront coming out is Call of Duty. World War II, scoring at an 83 strong, doing really well. We're enjoying this one a bit with friends online. And then kind of the unfortunate uh, exclusive from Microsoft, Super Lucky's Tale. It's only scoring a 68 fair and just getting a lot of uh, kind of unfortunate reviews because it's it's kind of a very uh, clever game, in my opinion, from, from what it is. So it shouldn't be compared to like a Mario Odyssey, but it is being compared to it just based on the gameplay type. Um, and really quick on uh, new releases that are kind of out from a Games with Gold and a PSN Plus perspective, the uh, games for November um, kind of hit and miss. They haven't been that strong um, this month as they have been in previous months. But if you're on Games with Gold for November, you get Trackmania Turbo and Tales from Borderlands, which is actually, in my opinion, one of the best Telltale games. And that's the second half of the month. If you're on the Xbox 360, it's Nights at the front of the month and Deadfall Adventures, which I have never heard of um, <laughs> on Games with Gold. So I have no idea if that's good or bad. Um, if you're on PSN Plus for November, kind of a smaller game, um, Worms Battleground, but actually a pretty fun game. And then you have Bound. Um, so those are the games for November if you're on any of these subscription-based uh, console games. So um, Ains, what are you up to these these days on uh, games you're playing with? What's, what are you, what's in your consoles? Yeah, so uh, don't want to spend half an hour here, so I'm um, playing way too many games, but I just picked the, kind of the ones that I've been focusing on over the last week or two uh, primarily. So first up is Mario. Um, I actually traveled this last week, so uh, the Switch came in handy there. It's actually the first time I have played my Switch from full battery to dead on an air flight. Um, just playing Mario and enjoying the, the heck out of it. It is... Uh, it's fantastic. It's great to have a proper 3D open world, not open world, but, you know, kind of hub world Mario back. Um, it play, it, everything you would expect, everything we expected from the Mario, it is, and uh, maybe even more. Um, love it. And uh, I think I'm currently, I'm still pretty early, actually, compared to some people. I think I have 170, 180 moons, and um, apparently there's nearly 1,000 in the game. So we'll uh, got a long way ahead of me yet. Um, Assassin's Creed I started last week just uh, like I said I wanted to start it but I was really waiting to play it on the Xbox One X because it's supposedly like a showcase title um, I, I really really enjoyed so far it's exactly what I was hoping for um, you know you kind of start with the opening story and it's gotten a, a little bit of criticism around the first hour or two you know that the opening of the game but once you get through that the game really opens up and that's a huge huge world um, lots of loot and just things to discover and it, as we expected it kind of has that uh, Witcher slash open world vibe that we were hoping so um, gonna be playing the heck out of that and then uh, as you mentioned Call of Duty so um, I didn't initially plan on getting this um, but uh, it seems to um, have caught fire with a lot of people right we have a lot of buddies who are playing it who uh, haven't picked up uh, necessarily anything to play with friends in a while so it's been kind of neat having a, a big group of people playing a game again um, it runs really, really well. Excuse me. They had some uh, server issues over the weekend, but it seems they've got those mostly resolved now, and uh, we're enjoying it. So, um, yeah, I um, just want to quickly uh, mention too that, uh, like I said, we're on the eve of the Xbox One X launch. But um, the same day tomorrow, as we're recording this, when that launches, is uh, Horizon Zero Dawn's expansion, so the Frozen Wilds, and uh, 
for us who like the game on multiple platforms, it's kind of a shame because we're going to be focused so much on the new hardware and testing out games that uh, Frozen Wild is going to take a back seat for a while, even though I'm really looking forward to it. So I've already uh, pre-ordered it and uh, have it loaded up, ready to go. So I'll probably get to that in the, in the coming weeks once I find some extra time. But uh, what about yourself? Yeah, very similar games. I guess the one difference is since I'm a big South Park guy, I'm playing it. And funny enough, um, I haven't been sticking to it. Uh, so it's got a very slow opening. Um, some of the character uh, building is uh, different, but I'm having fun with the overall game. And I'll, when I can sit down and focus on it, I'll probably play more of it. So kind of unfortunate it didn't suck me in right off the bat. Uh, Call of Duty uh, was always planning on getting this one, and we are going to be doing a review on this one um, as far as a, a written review and a video review. So we like it, and funny enough, the commercial that they had for um, where you get all your friends together that you haven't gamed in a long time, so that actually happened to me. I have a lot of local friends who uh, we played a lot of Call of Duty back in the day, and they're pretty much one or two game console gamers that's all they really do so when they saw they were going back to world war ii we're playing it and sure enough the first weekend we played with them uh, over multiple days um, for multiple hours and it's a lot of fun so if you were kind of um, let down by the beta and kind of were like eh, this is different uh give the actual game a try it's it's really 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 well done so it's a lot of fun and we're having fun with that um, playing still some four is a seven um, that game is a, a lot more addictive than I thought and funny enough the stuff people were um, complaining about where it came the crates and how you unlock stuff and how you move in the different divisions have actually uh, gotten me to play more of it um, so I'm having a lot of fun unlocking that and then lastly I did finally finish Lost Legacy so that ended up growing on me big time it's just unfortunate that it took until at least chapter five or six to really suck me in However, when they finally got it going and the story really built and, and characters were really kind of uh, in your mind as to who they were, it's it's really good. And I think I've even encouraged you to kind of go back to it and play it if you get a chance. But uh, chapter five, I think, is roughly around the four to five hour mark. So I know a lot of games in the past have gotten criticized for taking so long to kind of get people in. This is definitely one of those. And it's just unfortunate that it is the Uncharted series that did it to us. But it's overall good. And if you're in the same boat, um, keep pushing through because it gets pretty good. Hmm. Yeah, it's just another one of those games I need to get back to. There's just there's so much to play, but I think uh, hopefully we have a small break here uh, through the new year now, uh, other than PUBG coming, of course, so we'll see. Um, yeah, it's funny your comments about Forza, too, because I, I, we kind of thought that would be the case, right? It got so much criticism out of the gate. A lot of it was unwarranted, um, and now you know most of the people who are kind of dedicated to it are, are really loving it, and I think that's only obviously going to get... Um, it's going to get more praise once uh, Xbox One X is out and everyone kind of have that high-end experience. So we'll see. I'm looking forward to uh, playing it more soon. All right. So um, why don't we go ahead and move on to the main topic? It's what we've been waiting to talk about. Um, we've been waiting a year and a half now since the original announcement for Project Scorpio. And uh, it's, it's just crazy to think that um, it's finally here. So I know we're both super excited. A whole bunch of people I know and follow and talk to about games are just, you know, really pumped. They're going to launch events tonight. Some are probably already at launch events. Um, I know some of the people in, uh, in UK, some of my friends over there already have it. And, uh, you know, everyone's getting really, really excited. So it's cool to see all that going on. And Microsoft is really throwing some uh, big launch events, a huge one in New York City at their flagship uh, Microsoft store there. And uh, just kind of all over the place. Microsoft stores and in, in the malls around the country are doing events. And GameStop's doing midnight launch, which we're both going to tonight. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I love hardware launches. And, um, you know, for me personally, I, uh, I've taken off of work. Um, we're getting ready to do midnight launch tonight, like I said. 
Uh, going to be playing a ton of games, got everything already ready to go, got some Red Bull, alcohol, all kinds of stuff. So um, I know that's how I'm, <laughs> I know that's how I'm preparing for launch. But uh, so what do you think? You ready to go? Oh man, it's it's finally here. That's <laughs> all so I can really say. I don't even I don't even know how much how excited I can get as a late late thirties gentleman, um, you know, <laughs> without screaming everywhere, going crazy. Um, you know, add that gift from from uh, Wolf on Wall Street, just kind of screaming um, everywhere. But no, uh, yeah, very excited. Um, I guess every retailer doing some different. Mine personally is is doing just where they're kind of launching it at eleven p.m. and so. Thankfully, shoot this great video and then do some editing and then get ready to head to the store, play it, and then be up till, you know, what is it, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., playing as much as we can. And then the stupidest part is uh, I'm going on a vacation Wednesday. So um, I get a day and a half of no games for me. Stupid. I can't help but laugh every time you mention it because I'm thinking of all the times to take a vacation, um, day after yeah. the thing you've been waiting a year and a half for. So. Um, yeah, nobody saw that coming. Good move. Good move. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's how we're preparing. I was gonna say, you know, why don't we talk about how, or either a game or games or just an aspect really that makes us so excited, right? Because typically with a new console launch, you're talking about an entirely new generation, and that's not what we have here, um, right? So I think a lot of the games that we're looking forward to playing are games that we've owned for a while. I mean, one of the most uh, Anticipated for me, for instance, is Gears of War 4. You know, we've been playing that a lot again. Um, the improvements are um, supposedly absolutely fantastic. You know, it's it's running really up there with some high-end PC quality. Excuse me, and uh, I think that's going to be fun to go back to. But I, I uh, wanted to get your thoughts around. You know, what's making you so excited for this hardware launch uh, specifically? Yeah, so funny enough, um, I've, I've always been into playing the best console experiences I can, so I always get the nice TVs or the nice controllers or everything, and the biggest thing for me here is, is the 4K um, and the HDR content that's finally going to be able to be kind of unlocked, I guess you, you could almost call it, in this current generation, and more than anything, it's the games that are going to be enhanced here um, from, from Microsoft and other third parties, so I'm really looking forward to playing that. Um, we also, you know, kind of have invested in some nicer TV so we can actually see the differences uh, from what we have today to what we'll have tomorrow. Um, and being that we're both kind of PS4 Pro owners, some of the stuff that we were seeing was not really, you know, blowing us away. So being that we can actually potentially be blown away by the uh, Xbox One X, um, that's kind of the biggest things I am. As far as loading time goes, I think a lot of people have been talking about that recently, but with both of us having SSDs where we play the majority of our games, I'm not really expecting some kind of, you know, night and day difference in loading times, but there is supposedly still going to be some nice enhancements for the loading times and stuff. But more than anything, it's just the better performing games. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Um, we're very similar in that regard, right? We buy <clears throat> the nicer equipment to play the games on and, and kind of buy all the new consoles uh, and check everything out. So I was uh, really blown away when I first played uh, Horizon Zero Dawn and on the PS4 Pro on my OLED. And uh, I'm just kind of expecting that experience with a whole you know, wealth of games with the uh, Xbox One X, especially with uh, how many enhancements are going to be there on day one. You know, I've kind of been updating every day. And we're keeping track on our site of all the games that are already updated. So, I mean, things like Call of Duty, which we've been playing a lot, Gears, uh, Forza, Halo 5 is already updated. And then, uh, like, uh, Wolfenstein 2 and Evil Within 2 were both just updated. So, basically, all the Assassin's Creed Origins, another one. But all those games, you know, that have just released uh, or even released last year, huge titles that uh, we're going to be playing or playing a lot of already 
are all going to be a complete, you know, um, new experience, if you will, on on the Xbox One X. So I think that's what I'm most excited for. Um, I also think it's neat that, um, and this kind of leads into the next question: is you know, wh why are people getting so excited for the Xbox One X? And I think from a technology standpoint, um, we haven't seen a console design or architecture that's kind of this special um, in a while. Um, it's it's very unique. You can tell that the engineering side of Microsoft really put in their time to, to make this thing uh, special. And it's uh, it's not only just, you know, incredibly powerful for a console, um, but it's uh, there's a lot of neat design features that are really going to optimize uh, how games play on it. And we're already seeing the kind of fruits of that labor and developers are speaking out and games are running better. Um, than any other platform in some cases, you know, in some cases even challenging, you know, much, much more expensive PCs, which is really neat to see because this thing's just so well optimized. Um, so I just, you know, I love that. I, I love gaming, obviously, and um, I think it's really neat that uh, Microsoft kind of saw the mistakes they made early on in this generation and said, uh, we're going to fix it, and um, this is the, the result of that drive, um, and it's really neat to be a part of the launch. Yeah, one thing I want to touch on really quick to go back to your original question um, of you know, what we're most excited about. So I'm a complete geek when it comes to opening new hardware. Just the box opening, the smell, the the plastic styrofoam. Um, and uh, I don't <laughs> know what it was. I'm, I'm laughing at you. I don't mean to interrupt. I'm laughing, but I'm the exact same way. So yeah. I don't know why. It's just funny. And funny enough, I don't know if it's because we both had a similar childhood and the fact that we didn't get a ton of stuff when we were kids and we had to work our, our tails off to get the stuff that we got. But... <laughs> Um, I'm my wife's probably gonna be laughing at me and just nodding her head the whole time. You're like, <laughs> but yeah, the second I open that or cut that piece of tape at the top of the console and open it up, and one of the things I, I have seen a few unboxings from the uh, influencers, I guess you would call them, on YouTube and other areas, is uh, them talking about how heavy the console is compared to the Xbox One S. And so, to your point earlier about the architecture and just the build of the hardware, I I completely geek out uh, geek out about that stuff as well. So um, I. Really looking forward to it. Only a few hours away. Um, those are some of the things that I'm most excited about. But just turning it on and, and seeing it just come on with all the games. And and one last thing. Sorry, I feel like I have so much to say. Um, is you know it's it's really funny because when there's a new console, um, the first gen games are always kind of like meh. You know this is cool. This is a nice um, update from what we had last generation. Um, but this one this one's a little bit different because we already know what we're expecting in this generation and we're seeing just bumps to existing already second, third gen uh, software that is existing in this generation. So um, that's gonna be really neat for me because we're gonna be seeing enhancements right out of the box, literally, I guess you could say. Um, whereas, you know, when you buy a next gen, so PlayStation 5 or Xbox 2X or whatever it ends up being called, <laughs> um, you know, we're gonna see kind of a slow thing, whereas this one's gonna be something where you should be seeing right off the bat. And now that 4K TVs are a lot more readily available and more affordable, I think people will be seeing that to where 1080p is no longer the premium resolution as it once was years ago. Yeah, so a lot to comment on there. I, I know if you're like me, um, going back to opening the console for the first time, it's like, uh, it's almost like a cathartic experience, right? Like you, you cut that piece of tape and you open it, and I don't know about you, but I'm like slow opening it take everything out real carefully, kind of piece everything apart and check everything out individually. So um, I don't know. I just love it. I kind of savor it, if you will. And I, you know, I'm really looking forward to doing that here in a few hours. Um, but uh, yeah, to your comment about uh, the games that are, you know, we're going to play, it, it is a really unique thing. And I think one of the things that's making this more special um, 
is what Microsoft has done from a platform perspective over the past couple years. Um, actually, maybe year and a half, is they've really worked towards making the Xbox platform unified. And what I mean by that is, you know, they've chased down backwards compatibility for Xbox 360 games, which people assume they that couldn't be done early on, and they did it. And they not only did it, but the games run better, right? They run better on Xbox One. And then this year we got the announcement of original Xbox backwards compatibility, and that's now launched. And some of those games just look, you know, amazingly uh, uh, updated on uh, Xbox One already. But what's really unique is, you know, Xbox One X is not only improving and giving developers the power to improve the current gen games, but it's uh, really improving some of the Xbox 360 and Xbox um, original Xbox games as well. So they're going to be upscaled, they're going to be up-res, they're going to be, um, you know, uh, like um, Ninja Gaiden Black, for instance, it actually runs in like native 1080p. So it's it's really amazing. And if you think about the the wealth of experiences you can have going back all the way to 2001 when the original Xbox launched to now, it, it's, it's building that platform out that is something that actually hasn't been done in the console space before or as well, I would say. You know, Nintendo's dabbled around in virtual console and we know our thoughts on where that is with the Switch because it's non-existent right now. Um, and PlayStation, you know, they have PlayStation Now where you can kind of stream some of the older games, but there's really no true backwards compatibility. You have to rebuy everything if you want to play it. Um, so I just, I really think what Microsoft has done with the Xbox as a platform um, is making the Xbox One X launch that, that much more special. Um, so just my thoughts yeah. there. So to geek out once again in this conversation, <laughs> one thing I want to mention is the mind-blowing um, ability of the backwards compatibility feature with the Xbox One in general. So some stuff like the Virtual Console and Nintendo, they're simply emulating some software via, you know, virtually. Um, and you have even stuff like the PS2 that would do PlayStation 1 games, and you essentially had almost PlayStation 1 hardware inside the PS2 in, to an extent. But it's, it, to me, it's literally mind-blowing from a uh, programming and a hardware uh, perspective to where you can literally put in an original Xbox uh, disc inside of the Xbox One and the entire thing actually play and download and literally play exactly like an Xbox console and the 360 console. So a lot of people think it's, eh, whatever, it's just backwards compatibility. The amount of planning, the amount of programming, the amount of everything that it took to get there, a lot of people take that for granted. And I think that they should be commended for that kind of stuff. And to increase the ability of playing these games and improving them even further than they are just from the backwards compatibility standpoint is mind-boggling to me. I, I, I will probably never understand that type of programming um, at all. So um, hats off to them big time on that aspect. Yeah, and I uh, completely agree. And I think, um, you know, as you said, they should be commended. And, and a big reason why, right, is that there there's really not a lot in it for Microsoft directly. You're, you're building a you're spending a lot of money to build something that has potentially a negative ROI. It depends how you look at it, but you know, they're not going out and selling, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies of brand new original Xbox games, right? People are pulling their games out of their collection. Uh, maybe some people are, are re-downloading them because they did offer them for 10, 15 bucks. But um, the engineering challenge to do this, both for the original Xbox and Xbox 360 is, is massive. Um, and if you're not familiar with coding, even a little bit, um, it's just uh, there's a reason why a lot of people said it couldn't be done. But um, the fact that they did it and they support it as well as they do uh, should be commended, as you said. So You can literally take a screenshot of an Xbox 360 game or record Xbox 360 footage while playing. I mean, think about that for a second. You're throwing a disc in 
and using the capabilities of the Xbox One with past generation consoles. I mean, that, that doesn't make, yeah, okay. So let's, let's, let's move on. <laughs> anyway, we enjoy it. Um, it's part of what's driving our excitement here, even though I'm going to be playing new games uh, tonight and through the week. But um, just like I said, as a platform, it's fantastic. So, uh, yeah, we've, we've gushed a little while there. Um, one of the things I did want to touch on is, uh, you know, Xbox One X launching tonight, today, and um, we probably won't see another new console hardware launch now that the Switch is out, too, for at least two years at a minimum. I think, personally, three. I don't think we're going to see anything until 2020 um, because there's really just a uh, diminishing return there. I don't think 2019 gives technology time to separate enough uh, between the Xbox One X and, you know, what's capable at 4K because um, once you start moving past that, uh, there's a whole lot, a bunch of other things that have to happen, you know, 4K TV adoption and a whole bunch of things we won't go into. But I'm kind of curious, I uh, just want to chat real quick around, you know, what we think the Xbox One X means for console generations uh, as a whole and, and what you think we may see here uh, whenever the PlayStation 5 or next Xbox comes along. You got any thoughts on that? Yeah, so the first thing I want to mention is uh, 4K gaming. Um, keep in mind, a lot of people think this is the pinnacle of where we're going with this current generation and everything, but we are just introducing 4K gaming um, in as far as how good it could be. So if you think about how uh, I don't know, the PlayStation 3 or Xbox 360, if you remember, PlayStation was massive on pushing that this is 1080p gaming, and in reality, only, you know, a few games were actually true 1080p, and then PlayStation 4 and Xbox One came out, and even still, a lot of games don't run at true native uh, 1080p. Um, but now with these, this new hardware with the PlayStation 4 Pro and Xbox One X, um, I think uh, we'll be able to see true 4K gaming improve over and over um, throughout these next few years. And I'm, I'm kind of with you. I, I was, you know, I was hoping to see a PlayStation 5 announcement at the last one, but it wasn't realistic. It was kind of a, an idea of what I was thinking might be a teaser of something. Um, but yeah, I think 2020, if not 2019 fall, maybe see something, maybe at least an announcement that something's coming in 2020. Um, but I think we're seeing the beginning of, of 4K gaming with the new horsepower from the new consoles. I think we'll be able to get some true 4K um, and more games at 60 FPS. Um, so that's kind of what we're gonna see. and. With the generation lasting longer um, for the next three years, I mean, just imagine how amazing games are going to be looking now. You look at a game like Witcher 3 from a couple of years ago, um, getting enhancements and looking this this good um, in 4K. Imagine a game releasing next fall in 4K and 60 frames per second. I mean, we've got a lot of life left in this generation is I guess what I'm trying to say. And with this new horsepower, we should be seeing a lot better stuff at home than just seeing it on only on PC like we had to deal with in other generations. Yeah, for sure. And I think um, I think you're right. And I, I want to the clarification I want to make because a lot of people kind of get confused when they hear 4K. It's not just about resolution. So um, one of the things developers do is say this game's running in 4K. And we're actually seeing this a little more out of the PlayStation side now to, to kind of combat Xbox's message, you know, to kind of put from a marketing standpoint, the PlayStation 4 Pro on the level with Xbox One X, which technically it's really not. But when you hear, you know, 4K, 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 there's very um, varied methods that can get you there. One of them is just upscaling to 4K. There's checkerboarding. There's native. Um, but on top of just the resolution, it's it's actually the texture quality that really pushes the uh, the memory bandwidth and the amount of storage space that you need. And that's where the Xbox One X really has that advantage: is that they're running, you know, 326 gigabyte a second 
memory bandwidth versus 218. So it's actually a 50% increase over PS4 Pro and a even you know larger increase over the standard Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Um, and what that allows is it allows the high quality textures, the actual 4K textures to go along with the 4K resolution. And that's where you really start to see the jump in quality. When you combine 4K textures with the resolution and then add in things like uh, better shadowing, HDR support, et cetera, that's where games really, really pop. Um, so that's why some of the games we've downloaded, you know, are getting ready for like uh, Forza 7 and uh, Gears of War 4, Halo 5, they're all like over 100 gigabytes of space because they have that, you know, 4K texture support along with the resolution and everything else that goes along with it. So just be uh, be aware when we're talking 4K or when you see articles saying this is running in 4K or this is running in, in this, um, there's a lot of fine details that go into the quality of an of a image beyond just a resolution. Yeah, some of the keywords you can kind of look out for is native 4K, uh, checkerboarding, as, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, some of the games that are just getting small enhancements may be getting true 1080p. Um, or maybe just frame rate enhancements. So some of the stuff that you can kind of think about that runs really well in 60 frames per second. Well, first of all, a lot of things, if not everything, runs better at 60 frames per second. But the games that really take advantage of it are uh, racing games, uh, fighting games, shooters. Whereas if you have other third-person games um, that uh, run uh, better at a, maybe 30 frames per second, but a solid without any frame drops, um, it really makes a big difference. So uh, a lot of people are like, I can't tell the difference. I can't tell the difference. Well, first of all, make sure you're watching on a monitor or a uh, type of streaming service or video service that even offers you 60 frames per second because the difference between 30 frames and 60 frames per second in those types of games is is massive. It's not even comparable. Um, and if, if you can't see it, um, that's unfortunate <laughs> because it's, <laughs> it's a pretty big difference. I'm not going to tell you you're dumb because you can't see 30 frames, 60 frames per second, but there is really some people that can't see the, the difference, and it's just they're just not uh, video files, I guess, as you, you maybe would call them, to similar as an audio file, but uh, it's different, um, and you can really see the improvement, and that's why PC guys are, are running in their 120-plus frames per second world, and it's just kind of like, okay. But uh, most, TVs, uh, most TVs today, by the way, your actual TV, not a, not a PC monitor, it's really hard if, and correct me if I'm wrong, I have not seen a 120 hertz uh, TV, like a OLED. I don't think you can even go that high technically. Um, no, they, yeah, they, they really run around 60, yeah. And there's, you know, there's talk of yeah. the future technology and some of the, the screens you can get. But most people who want to dedicate beyond 60 to 120 or beyond frames, they have dedicated monitors for that that, that are pretty pricey as well. Yeah, yeah a little little 24-inch uh, that can do that. So, you know, around you three, $400, if not more. Yeah, if you so. want good quality, yeah. All right, so um, I was just going to mention before we kind of close out on gushing over the Xbox One X and our excitement is, um, you know, we've got some things on the site um, to kind of get you ready. So if you still got questions about the Xbox One X, if you want to know a little more about the technology behind it, if you want to know, um, you know, how it was built or why it's important or why it's 499 or any of those things, we've got some articles on the site that have been popular. And we're also keeping a running list of the titles that are uh, enhanced already for launch. Um, so that means like the, the update with the, the uh, textures or any of the other enhancements for each game are already out. So we have that list on there. We've been updating it multiple times per day as, as enhancements become available. So if you're wondering if there's, um, you know, if you have a favorite game, you're wondering, oh, is this going to be ready for launch or ready this week? Uh, it'll be on there. So anything else you want to touch on about Xbox One X before we close out that segment? <laughs> No, really quick, and, and we'll be publishing this game, uh, this is game, this video, um, as as soon as we can tonight, if not tomorrow morning. But um, if you are in preparation for an Xbox One X and you um, have an external hard drive, 
I just uh, want to suggest to start downloading those patches as soon as you can. Um, and there's a setting in the Xbox One X um, uh, dashboard that lets you do that, um, just so you can be ready for it. Because some of these updates are pretty sizable, and it'd be kind of unfortunate to get home and not be able to even start that for a few hours and see the difference and while you're waiting for the update. So get that external hard drive. They're pretty affordable. Uh, a lot of them are faster internal hard drives, uh, sorry, faster than your internal hard drive, and you can kind of get ready for it ahead of time. So you just get the console, plug it in, and you're, you're done. You're good to go. Yep. True story. <laughs> All right, so um, why don't we go ahead and move on to a small section we like here. So we talk about some of the collectibles. We, we collect a lot of video game merchandise. I'm actually not going to speak about anything tonight here, but, uh, Bert, I know you want to talk about something. What do you got? Yeah, I got a couple controllers that are very hard to come by right now, um, and these are from a company called Power Ray. And let me kind of show these in the camera here. This is the Super Mario Nintendo Switch. Here we are talking about Microsoft Xbox One X, and I'm busting out Switch stuff. Hey, um, Mario's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but these are very hard to come by. Um, these were sold out uh, very quick on Amazon, and then they still delayed the people. They have, I feel like they oversold these. But we have the Zelda Nintendo Switch uh, controller. Um, these are corded, however, and but they are technically officially licensed. So you have the Zelda one. Um, I can't really. Oh, maybe I can show you this back here. Yeah, the Mario one. Bit about it. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> Zelda Breath of the Wild. Game here. Game here. And then you have the Super Mario one, and they're both really, really well done. Kind of one of the things I didn't even know when I was buying it is you can take the, the joysticks off, kind of like the Elite controller, um, and you get, there's different sizing on them. Um, but they they aren't um, supposed to be as as good of quality as the uh, the Pro controller, but they are up there. The good thing is they're only $30 a piece if you can find one. Uh, they're very hard to find right now, even more. Um, so should say even less with the Mario release. People are wanting it um, pretty bad. But I will be doing a unboxing video of them so you can see them up close um, if you're interested in them. Um, you can maybe get on a waiting list or wait till they come out further at GameStop or at Amazon. But I'm pretty excited to get them open. I just literally have not had any time with my Switch um, and hope to get some of that soon. But that video should be coming within the next two weeks. Cool. Yeah, I've been playing uh, Mario uh, when I was traveling, obviously playing in handheld mode, but at home, um, it not only looks and runs better docked, uh, you can tell when you have it undocked, there's a lot more aliasing. Um, but the uh, using the Switch Pro controller, man, that controller is so good. Uh, it It's such a better experience playing Mario with that controller versus the uh, handheld mode. The only so. problem with the Pro controller is the... Uh, controlling of Mario with some of the gestures work better with the um, other controllers, the, the small uh, Joy-Cons. Um, that's the only negative about the game is that I, I don't like the way Mario is not being able to control it in certain ways with the Pro Controller, which I think is a superior way to play. Yep, no, I agree 100%. Some of the motion things are, I wish they wouldn't have done that. And that's honestly my only complaint with the game. I'm just picturing you flying last week with your switch in hand, making the circular motion with the per person right next to you. And oh my God! I was hilarious. climbing. So you know when you're climbing up a pole, you have to shake it to climb faster. And um, I was trying to get up one of those gigantic beanstalks. So I'm sitting there in the middle seat of an airplane next to two people. I'm I'm sitting there like this, <laughs> and they probably thought I was losing my mind or something. I don't know, but person looks over you and you're just like, what? <laughs> what's, what's wrong? Is there a problem? Uh, <laughs> all right, so um, let's go to uh, our, our favorite section, good old season reflections, and talk about some old games. Um, I think uh, to celebrate some of the uh, Xbox talk we've had, we're both going with a classic Xbox title today, so let's, uh, let's see what you got. 
Yeah, so my first one is, and funny enough, one of the ones that's getting some of the best enhancements for it is Forza 7, but my reflection is the original Forza. So if I can get this with the light in the hand. Um, this one was kind of a big deal at the time because at this time, this is when Gran Turismo was the cream of the uh, crop for racing games, and uh, it was finally a good competitor. There was kind of a lame game, or I guess I guess you could say kind of a the original uh, exclusive racing game for the Xbox. Remember Sega GT? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, did. I think it Which came. I actually, um, wasn't there a Sega GT on Dreamcast as well? I think wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, this one finally came out um, and was a pretty good competitor right out of the gate. Um, definitely pun intended. Um, but one of the things that you can see here, and I'm kind of interested to see if this one does go back compat. It only went up to 480p, so I, I don't know how close I can zoom that in where it's clear. But um, if it does get some enhancements, funny enough, I'd be cool to see this at. 720p or 1080p but it's kind of cool they had 230 cars and a lot of my favorite cars at the time there's an nsx in the front i don't know about the 350z at the time but really good outing um for return 10 back then and uh but awesome game for me um and i love the forza series since then i've bought every single one of them including the horizon games so that's me how about you so it's <laughs> it's <laughs> it's got more cars and tracks than gt sport is that what we're saying next <laughs> that came out um, what year 2003. Not gonna, not gonna touch that right now. I'm just gonna, <laughs> I love, I love everything so. Oh my gosh, that game. All right, uh, moving on. So, talking about uh, Xbox One X and how it's bringing back memories of when the original Xbox launched, and uh, next week as well is uh, Xbox Live's 15-year anniversary, um, which we're going to be talking uh, at length about here in the future as well. But uh, if you couldn't tell, beyond my normal Halo stuff, I've got extra Halo stuff behind me here. So the game I'm going to be talking about today is Halo CE, or Combat Evolved, uh, also known as uh, to people who don't know Halo as Halo 1. Um, so good old Halo CE, and I even brought the, the Japanese version as well, um, just because I collect Halo things. But um, this game I could probably spend a whole episode on. I won't, I promise. Um, it is a game that when I first played it, uh, it... It's right up there with, I would say, probably Mario 64 and uh, Doom and the original Super Mario Brothers as being the game that when you first played it, it just completely blew your mind as to what uh, a video game could be. It, uh, the GameCube had just come out, and uh, I was looking forward to that. I actually bought it with a bunch of games, and uh, you know we've been playing GoldenEye for years on consoles and uh, some Quake here and there, but when you first uh, kind of landed in that second world on that open planet and fought elites and stuff for the first time um, using a needler, um, Halo just blew me away. I went out and bought an Xbox immediately with Halo. I didn't touch my GameCube, and I, I pretty much played Halo nonstop. Uh, I've beaten the campaign tens and tens of times. I played endless uh, multiplayer, and it really changed the, the landscape for first-person shooters on consoles. Um, after that, uh, you know, it kind of became a phenomenon, and um, Halo 2 came out a few years later and uh, really changed how we looked at online gaming on consoles as well. So uh, it's obviously my favorite franchise um, of all time, and Halo CE is just one of those special games that'll be forever remembered as uh, one of the games that kind of changed the industry. So um, just wanted to celebrate it and talk about it tonight, because quite frankly, you know, a lot of people have speculated that without Halo CE, uh, Xbox as a brand may not even exist because it is the the title that kept the original Xbox kind of afloat even though they still lost money on it as a project um, it is the title that just sold millions and millions of Xboxes and uh, kind of led the momentum for Xbox Live into the 360 generation so anyway like I said I could talk forever on it but um, 
one of my favorite games of all time, and I thought it was a good time to uh, bring it for season reflections. Yeah, I just find it kind of ironic that the company that doesn't really ever innovate in any way, um, Apple, yes, um, actually <laughs> had them originally, and they let that go to Microsoft. So if you ever want to know the history of Halo, um, very interesting as to how it was initially going to be uh, coming out on PC, or I should say, uh, OS uh, on Mac. To call it. it was Mac yeah, on Mac. Yeah. Um, so very interesting. Uh, but yeah, Halo. I think you can even kind of say Halo was kind of the last game um, in recent history to where you bought it or you bought a console specifically for that game. Um, so that's kind of a big deal for me too. I, I that's when I started Xbox, and I guess everybody kind of started Xbox, but I really <laughs> fell in love with Xbox. I guess you could say. So yeah, playing yeah, with the old Doom game. controller. Still got that bad boy. All right. Well, um, I think that's about it for tonight. I think we're going to, uh, Bert and I are probably going to hop off, get ready, and uh, head out to uh, pick up our Project Scorpios here shortly. But um, thanks for tuning in. I hope that, um, you know, everyone listening is, uh, want to say thank you as always. And, uh, you know, your support is uh, means a lot to us. And I uh, hope you're, if you're looking forward to the Xbox One X, I hope uh, you're having a good night or launch or whatever you do to celebrate. And uh, just really quick, wanted to mention, I already mentioned that we have the uh, Xbox One X articles and things on the site now that you can check out um, if you have any questions. Um, as I quickly mentioned a minute ago, it's uh, Xbox Live's 15-year anniversary next week. It's November 15th. And um, I'm putting up a, a long article on the history of Xbox Live and some of the thoughts and things that make it significant in the uh, in the industry because it's, uh, it's actually more significant to the uh, video game industry than I think a lot of people realize. And I wanted to uh, kind of... Uh, you know, write an article to explain why and, and put some of those data points out there so people are aware of it. So look for that. I'm probably going to launch that actually on the 15-year anniversary, so that'll be coming next week. And then, uh, as always, um, we really appre appreciate subscriptions. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter, Season Gaming. I'm Portia Power. Bert is Trev underscore M3. And uh, our YouTube channel as well. We've been putting quite a bit of content up there as well. Um, what do you got, Bert? No, so just uh, wanted to thank everybody as well. And... Um... Hopefully we'll maybe see you guys online as we, we do have a Facebook group on there and sometimes we try to organize some, some fun gaming stuff with people. We did that with uh, some games in the past and I'm sure we'll be doing it more often, but you can find us on there. We also have a club on Xbox Live uh, that you can join. Um, but yeah, we hope to see you guys and thanks again for listening.